Welcome to It's Like This Podcast, your common sense mental and spiritual health talk show where we answer your questions and explore your world one episode at a time. This podcast might be for you if you want to be wiser, stronger, and more in tune human being. I am your host, Dr. Eugene Kim, a dual board certified psychiatrist and also a fellow human being walking alongside you in this journey. So let's start walking. In this episode, we are going to be talking about what is mind nutrition? How do we feed our mind? And what is healthy and what is unhealthy mind food? Or how an expert like a nutritionist or aka a psychiatrist can really help us figure out what's going on with our mental health. Just to recap, in the last episode, we talked about exercise as a first component of mental health fitness and how exercise was the movement, control movement of cognitive triad, which is your thoughts, emotions, and behavior, and slowly moving it towards the lifestyle that is more aligned with your value. And ultimately, that is our goal. In this episode, we're going to tackle the second component of mental health fitness, which is nutrition. And I told you guys that I'm in my 30s and I'm finding out in different ways every day that my body in my 30s is definitely different from my body in my 20s. Things tend to get broken and have a hard time repairing or recovering and I just have no energy uh, to do anything anymore. So really sparked my interest into looking to nutrition to help me get that energy and that function that my body needs. And essentially, nutrition is what we put in from an outside source to our body so that our body can function. And people categorize nu- nutrition as carbohydrates or protein or fat. But, you know, if you break it down a little bit more, we are looking into vitamins and minerals that are essential to our bodies to work our day-to-day function. And some of the rough categories and very simple categories of bodily function is working, healing and detoxing and building new things. And working kind of might be your organs functioning like digestive tract working or your heart pumping or your lungs getting air. Healing and detoxing might be uh, more geared towards kidneys and liver function, detoxing unnecessary and unwanted materials from our body. And building new things could be muscles and bones so that we can be stronger. And how does nutrition look like if you were to use it as an analogy of a mental health world? You know, previously I talked about how nutrition is from an external source and we take in to, you know, make our body function. And I want us to conceptualize nutrition in the mind as, you know, our past events, you know, our source of upbringing, attachment to our parental figures or uh, past events like trauma or social interactions, what was said to us, or even positive events, positive social events, these are all the nutrients that we take in. And just like there are food groups that are helpful to the body, there are also food groups that are not helpful to the body. In general, we'll all agree that cleaner food, more vegetables and fruit is beneficial to how the organs and your body functions. And we all know that fried foods and sugary foods are not so helpful with the body. So just like this, there's food for our mind that is helpful and there's food for our mind that is not helpful. And just like certain diet regimen works for one person and it doesn't work for the other person, we can't prescribe 
a set regimen of mind food to be beneficial universally, we have to go and respect the individual's journey of finding what is right for their mind. And also that it could change. It could work for you in one phase of life, but it might not work for you for the others. But in general, what would be considered kind of like fruits and vegetables of mind food, I recognize it to be kind of a therapeutic relationships, you know, whether it's professional or your friends or family that you can really uh, rely on and trust. I think that's very um, helpful to the mind. And also meditating and journaling where you can kind of release whatever is going on in your mind without judgment and just maintaining curiosity. I think that's very helpful. And sometimes a community, whether it's religious community or social community, um, with a group of people just telling you that, hey, you belong here. I think that's a very good example of what good mind food is. And sometimes just playing out, having fun, enjoying hobbies, going out and going for a walk or a hike or whatever your mind feels at ease and feels calmer and feels more relaxed. These are all considered beneficial mind food. And the example of unhealthy or unhelpful food, mind food, would be intaking anything that has like addictive value. And this could range from relationships like or gambling, porn, or substance. Any of this takes your mind out of your control. And another example might be relationships or environments, you know, whether it's work or group of friends that really doesn't value you as a person. And if you are continuing to allow yourself to be exposed to this environment, I would consider that as unhelpful mind food. So for example, I had a patient who I was managing for depression and anxiety, and she had been doing pretty well. She was in her teens. And one visit, she told me that she was having increasing dark thoughts, and sometimes it went to suicidal thoughts. And when I was talking to the patient alone, then she disclosed to me that she started dabbing into dark web and seeing a lot of um, dark messages and thar- uh, dark videos about self-harm. And I kind of gently asked her, do you think what you were watching was affecting your mood? And she was saying it is possible. And we decided to do an experiment and decided to cut out those content and see how her mood is in the next visit. And lo and behold, in the next visit, she was a lot happier and she agreed that what she was putting into her mind was actually affecting how she felt. So how it plays out is what we put into our mind or what happens to us affects how we work, you know, how our mind works. So it could affect the cognitive triad working faster or slower or more in control and not in control or healing and detoxing, like getting rid of the negative influences or habits or building new things, establishing new identity, new sense of independence or confidence or building new habits. What happens to us or what happened to us and what we put into our minds definitely affects how our mind works, heals and detoxes and builds new things. Now, I know that when you guys are hearing this, you're like, well, Dr. Kim, then why don't I surround myself with quote unquote healthy mind food all the time? Just cut out anything that's remotely bad. And that could be a knee-jerk reaction whenever I say this because, of course, we don't want to be feeding our mind bad things because we uh, appreciate the power of the mind. But I'm going to hit a pause button here, and I don't want you to miss this. The whole point of the mental fitness 
is to not act out of fear or react to it as a knee-jerk reaction. The whole point is to be disciplined and in control. So if you were to cut out quote-unquote bad mind food 100% of your life, not only is it impossible, but this is also an evidence of not fit mind. Imagine if you saw somebody who is strictly on restrictive calorie diet and no fat and no you know, carbs and just eating pro- lean proteins. If you're that rigid 100% of the time, you kind of wonder if it is sustainable. And also you get the sense that this person is not in control over their body and appetite. It could eventually backfire and have a yo-yo weight gain or binge eating pattern because this person is restricting themselves and not trusting them, their instincts. You'll notice that when you're eating healthy food, you naturally crave healthy food. And this is more in control and aware of your what your body needs and wants. But this is very different from restricting your body before you're listening to your body. And control and discipline is what we're going for not fear and lack of controls. And also I would add on that, avoid the term good and bad because being bad or eating bad food triggers guilt and fear. I want you to change the lingo to appropriate, inappropriate, or helpful and not helpful just to kind of ease that knee-jerk reaction of fear. And no, just like dieting, if you slip, it's okay. Maintain the non-judgmental stance and stay curious because this is a learning opportunity to observe what that mind food did to your body slash mind and study it. And at the end, life is all about these mind experiments and I hope you can kind of have fun with it. So, you know, we talked about how there are essential minerals and vitamins for us to have regular function in our body slash mind. So one way to have vitamin deficiency is to not eat enough of it. Just like in vegan diet, you have to look out for vitamin B12 because in vegan diet, there's not a lot of source of vitamin B12 and you have to replenish it in other means. But there's another uh, group of issues in digesting what you're putting into your body that leads to eventually nutrient deficiency. So for example, an illness called pernicious anemia is a disorder that causes your own immune system to attack the cells in your stomach that makes this intrinsic factor. An intrinsic factor is a protein you need to absorb B12. So if your body is attacking your stomach cells that makes intrinsic factor and you don't have intrinsic factor, you cannot absorb B12. So it eventually leads to symptoms similar to vitamin B deficiency in a vegan diet because you're not, your body is not absorbing it no matter how much B12 you put into your system. So symptoms of vitamin B12 deficiency is weak muscles, numbing and tingling feelings in your hand and feet, trouble walking, nausea, weight loss, irritability. And you know, you're having these symptoms and you go to a nutritionist to say, hey, I'm having these symptoms, can you help me? And the nutritionist is gonna be asking you a lot of different questions to see if your diet is the source of the problem, like are you not eating enough B12? And nutritionists can get a help of the physician and run some tests to see if your body is internally having trouble absorbing B12. And how does this look like in mental health? You could be doing everything you can, like positive self-talk, surrounding yourself with positive people, but sometimes it's not cutting it. Sometimes you're still depressed, still anxious, still out of control. And you know, you can go to a psychiatrist with all your symptoms and telling them 
what you're doing, what you're taking in, what your mind food is. And psychiatrist is going to run some tests and ask you clarifying questions to see if the source of the issue is internal digestive issue or external like lack of intake issue. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of blood work tests or imaging tests that can kind of pinpoint this is why you have depression or boom, you have bipolar too. So a lot of the contents that we are assessing and analyzing is by interviewing. And they're going to be asking you questions like what happened to you, like history of assault or upbringing and current habits, you know, substance use, living situations, stressors. They're going to be asking you all of that essentially to see what is the cause of issue here. And they're able to prescribe a medication to fill in the gap to give you the nutrients and functions that you need. Just like when you have pernicious anemia, you can replenish B12 in other ways so that you can function without symptoms. In the next episode, I'm going to be digging a little bit deeper on how the psychiatrists get trained and three most common misconceptions about psychiatry. Like, can we read minds? Do we love pushing pills? And are we anti-God? So I'm going to be answering that in the next episode. So in summary, it's like this. Just like exercise, there's a second component of mental health fitness, and which is a nutrition. Mind food, like mind nutrition, is what happens to us or what we do or say that feeds our mind so that it functions well. And some mind food is in our control and some are not. And some of the quote unquote healthy or helpful mind food will be journaling, meditating, being part of the community or really healthy therapeutic relationship or just doing your hobby. And examples of unhealthy food could be any addiction like behavioral addiction or substance addiction or really toxic relationship that doesn't value you as a human being. And the problems with mind nutrition could be a lack of intake issue or absorption issue. And just like you can go to a nutritionist with your symptoms and they can find out if you have lack of intake problem like B12 deficiency in vegan diet or you have internal problem like pernicious anemia, and they can kind of lead you to the right treatment that is right for you. And this is very similar to how psychiatrists will be asking you um, how your mind nutrition status is, whether it's what happened to you in the past or what's going on now. And they can see if you have external issue or internal issue, they can lead you to the right treatment so that you can have a great quality of life, and you can have the life that is in your control and you have longevity of life. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for joining me. And again, I have the SpeakPipe link in the description box so that you can record any of your questions. And also, if you think this episode was really helpful, please share. And I think anyone can benefit from this. And I hope you think so too. And I'll see you in the next episode.